Happy Friday the 13th, everyone. It's Shay. And Erica. And welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, we're so excited about this episode. So this is our premiere full-length episode, and it's Friday the 13th, which is totally amazing because it's in October. Yes. And we have an awesome show planned today. Um, We had our first guest, which is our dear friend, Rachel, and we're going to play that interview with her a little bit later today. But to start us off, I'm just kind of wondering, Shay, how's your week been since we got back from Atlanta? Oh my goodness, it has been busy. It has been busy with work and being, I thought, being ghosted there for a little bit, but popped back up. So, (laughs) just busy with life. Yeah. How's Um, your week been? Um, crazy, but I'm... I'm glad your your guy popped back up and it wasn't a ghosting yeah. situation. But yeah, my week has been crazy. Work has been insane. Trying to prepare to hire someone new and get them started. So really trying to make sure I know what I'm doing before I train <laughs> someone else to do it. So that's been fun. But oh my God, I have quite the update for you. So remember when you were over the other day and I was waiting on a package to come? So I ordered, I have a little bit of a shopping addiction, which you guys will probably find out. I ordered a bunch of clothes from Torrid. I was super excited because originally it wasn't supposed to come until today. And I looked up the tracking and I was like, oh, it's going to arrive tomorrow. So like, or yesterday. So like all day I was checking the tracking. Like, is it any closer? Is it here yet? And at like 7 p.m., it said it was delivered. So I rush to the door, I look, and there's no package. And I'm like, what the hell? Where is my package? And then you went on the hunt for it. I did. <laughs> um, I went on the hunt for it. Shay stayed with Grayson so I could go look. And I drove around the neighborhood. I checked my tiny mailbox that I knew it wouldn't be in just in case. Package was nowhere to be found. So I filed a ticket with the post office. And earlier today, the post office lady knocked on my door and she was like, are you missing a package? I was like, yes. She's like, I accidentally delivered it to 1507. Oh my God. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to go try to get it. She never came back. (laughs) So I emailed the supervisor back who had told me that they were trying to retrieve it. And the people at 1507 claims they never saw a package. Um. And that I need to file a claim. So Um, that's fun because I have a baby shower to go to Saturday. There's an outfit and shoes in there for the shower. And just like a ton of other clothes that I probably won't be able to reorder because a lot of them were clearance items. And I had like a special sale stuff on some of them. So even if I did place another order, it's probably going to cost me a lot more. So I'm a little frustrated with that. I don't like when mail comes USPS because I feel like they don't know what they're doing. No, I've had packages delivered like five houses down. Yeah. And like they know where I live because they've delivered packages there before. Because like you, I have a shopping addiction. Mm-hmm. And they've delivered packages there before. And then they're like, oh, no, we didn't deliver. Like we delivered it to the right address. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah. So I've lost packages because people aren't, most people aren't honest sometimes yeah yeah so my hope here 
is and I'm not going to file a claim. I'm going to go straight to tort and tell them what happened. And I have email proof so they know I'm not like a sketchy person trying mm-hmm. to get free stuff. And I'm hoping they'll either resend me the same items or give me a refund or something. something. But I'm really bummed out because I really wanted those clothes. <laughs> so now i got to figure that out. But anyway, that's enough of my shopping drama because mm-hmm. we have funner stuff to talk about. And maybe that was my Friday the 13th bad luck. I don't know. Um, but superstitions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I pulled some superstitions um to read and we'll kind of just discuss those a little bit. So Shay, are there any superstitions you grew up believing? Oh, let's see. The ladder. Do not walk under a ladder. Yeah. And if a black cat runs across your path, it's bad luck. Mm. But I don't believe that because I love black cat black cat. And I have one. Well, actually two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do. I think black cats are cool looking. I mean, I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of cats, but I, I love <laughs> the way... Cats are beautiful creatures. I will admit that. They're beautiful to mm-hmm. look at. I just... Our personalities clash. <laughs> they... um, They can be little assholes. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they can be. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I'll be the first to admit <laughs> that because most of mine are little assholes. Yeah, I was trying to think of a superstition that I didn't put on this list that I grew up with. And, you know, Friday the 13th and, like, the number 13 is a superstition within itself that, like, Mm -hmm. it's unlucky. But I've always had good luck on the 13th of of months, even when it falls on Friday. I don't know why. So it's always been kind of like the opposite for me. And I'm curious if anyone else out there... Seems to have the opposite and actually has good luck on Friday the 13th. Normally, I normally I do. Yeah. Like, I love Friday the 13th. Like, I just, we'll talk about this later on in the month. <laughs> Poor movies. But anyways, um, this week, though, leading up to it has been, like, one of the worst weeks that I've had. Uh-oh. Like, that the family, like, the family has had. Yeah. So I'm kind of, and I don't know if it's because like the solar eclipse is coming up, like part of that, like the the eclipse and then the full moon at the end of the month. Like, I don't know, like this month in general for me, like usually has, is not been the best and it's my favorite month. Yeah. That's a lot of like supposedly unlucky things happening Mm -hmm. this month. Yes. So. Sounds like you're feeling it a little bit. Yes, I don't like it. Well, my favorite month, and it's horrible this year. <laughs> okay, well, let's take the bad luck off of you yes. and transition it into just these crazy superstitions. So some of these are very well known, and I put them on here because I just think mm-hmm. they'll be fun to talk about. But then yeah. I found some really interesting um superstitions that I didn't know about so I'm curious the listeners out there and Shay like what experience or knowledge you had of some of these so the first one is bad luck comes in threes I don't know if I believe in bad luck coming in threes Mm -hmm. but I do believe that death comes in threes so I guess technically that would be bad luck for the person that's passed away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and then sometimes good things comes in threes. Like, 
I mean, yeah, this month has been bad, but I found a feather every three weeks in a row. Mm. Like to me, that's kind of yeah, that's a good like, three, a good thing. Um, but yeah, I I've heard that one. I don't fully believe in it because yeah, bad luck. Like when it comes, it doesn't always come in threes. It comes in like fours, fives. Yeah. It comes in all numbers. That's fair. It doesn't discriminate. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. I I was like, I do kind of believe in the threes because first I got a hysterectomy and then right after that I got laid off and right after that I got separated from my husband. But then I was like, but then the other things kept happening and I was yeah. passing threes. So you might have a good point there. Okay. So moving on. If you break a mirror, you'll have seven years of bad luck. Possibly. I've never broken a mirror yet. <laughs> Keyword knock yet. on wood. Yeah, knock on superstitions. Wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, so I bet I've, ha- I've known people to break a mirror and then they have bad luck. I. Okay. So flashback to when I was 17 and I was dating. Well, everyone knows who I was dating, but I'm not going to. I'm trying to not get in the habit of saying names. Um, but anyway, he was over at the house and we were kissing and he broke a mirror while we were kissing. And then we broke up after that. And then I just had like a strain of bad relationships. So I'm like, did I just get relationship cursed with seven years of bad luck? He was the one that broke the mirror. Why can't he have the bad luck? But yeah. It bypassed him. (sighs) Apparently. Bypassed him and straight on to me. All right, so moving on to number three, an itchy palm is a sign of good luck, or if you follow certain variations, it depends on which palm is itchy. So itchy right palm means money's coming in, and a left-handed itch foretells money going out. I don't believe it. I think if your hand itches, you just need to put lotion on it. (laughs) Your hands are dry. Your hands are dry. (laughs) The only bad luck you're having is with your dry skin not being moist, moist enough. And, of course, money's going to go out every time you get paid, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if every time I scratched my left hand, money magically appeared in my bank account, maybe I'd believe this one. Yeah. Same here. All right. So we're calling in BS on that mm-hmm. one. All right. So... Um, opening an umbrella inside is bad luck. I believe that. You do. I believe that. Yeah. I always, <laughs> I honestly, I always wondered why that was in a, because apparently it offends the sun god. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't until like the other day. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I fully believe in that. I must believe it because I can't think of a situation of where I opened an umbrella. Like, inside. my mom the other day was, like, playing with an umbrella, and I was like, no, we already have enough bad luck. You need to stop. There's an umbrella hanging behind you. Do you want to open that up and see what no. happens? No. <laughs> okay. All right. So, saying God bless you when someone sneezes is apparently good luck to you, and honestly, I just always thought that was good manners. Same. I grew up thinking it was good manners. Like, my parents were always like, you need to say that, even though I don't believe in their God. Yeah. 
it's still, I still say, well, I don't say God bless you now. I say bless you. I, I was just about to say, I, I say bless you like, too. Is that why I don't have good luck? Because I'm leaving I don't know. Part of it. Maybe, but I've always said bless you. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I honestly just always thought that was the nice thing to do. I had no idea I had yeah. to do with luck. I didn't either. Okay. Um, according to Hungarian and Russian superstitions, sitting at the corner of the table is bad luck, but I... I'm going to disagree because if anyone has seen Dirty Dancing and knew that baby got put in the corner, yeah. she got to do a sexy dance number with Patrick Swayze and win her dad's approval. So I say sitting in a corner is good, good luck. luck. Yeah. <laughs> Fight me on it, guys. Fight me on it. Anyone that gets to dance with Patrick Swayze is good luck. For sure. Okay. So according to German folklore, Toasting with water means you want to wish death upon someone. I have never heard that one. <laughs> That's so dark. Yes. Oh Leave my it goodness. to the Germans. Yeah. They are some. I can yeah, say that because I'm German. <laughs> I'm, I'm part, I'm like a little bit German, but I dated a German. Listen, I'm German and Jewish, so... That's a whole other conversation we won't get into today. I'm more Irish. Yeah, I'm mostly Jewish and Italian, but then I have German and Irish in me, too. Um, everything. <laughs> Mixed breeds. Yeah. Um, okay, so an old wives' tale says that a bird flying into your home is, a, is bad luck. Um... Especially if said bird circles the room and lands on the back of someone's chair and then leaves. That supposedly means the person whose chair the bird chose would die. That is so, so specific. Like, yeah, how often is that happening? But what if it's that bird? What if it's that person's bird that flew outside for a second and then came back in? Is that a loophole to it? I don't know. Does it have to would be it a be, stranger bird? <laughs> would it be a loophole or would it still be? Because... <laughs> Someone get Harry Potter on people the phone have, and ask him if that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. People have pet birds that can go outside sometimes. So what if it flies back in? Listen, like, I would say if your pet bird flies out and comes back in, that's good luck that your bird came back. Came back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I think we're going to have to dig a little bit deeper <laughs> into that. Okay, so... Um, in Iceland, they believe that knitting while outside can prolong winter. Oh, I don't even knit, so I'm good. <laughs> I don't knit, but I crochet. What if I crocheted outside? Does that count? If you prolong winter, <laughs> when it happens, by crocheting outside, <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah, you're going to toast me with water. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so number 10, and this is my favorite. Okay, so I died when I, I didn't die, but I laughed when I read this. So gifting yellow flowers in Russia means you're cursing your friend with infidelity. And I have to say, I think <laughs> a lot of yellow flowers are given out in this town. Like, so like, do our grocery stores and florists have yellow flowers in stock? Because I feel like they probably run out all the time. They do they. <laughs> I feel like I've seen yellow flowers, but a lot of people do give yellow flowers. Yeah. I feel like flashback because, I mean, they'll learn that I don't know a lot of my childhood, but I do remember my grandparents owning a flower shop in our hometown. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they sold a lot of yellow flowers. Yep. That explains a lot. 
Like, I think that was one of the most popular colors. <laughs> Which is so strange. Maybe that's why I hate the color yellow most of the time. I love yellow. Yellow is my favorite color, but now I'm going to have to rethink that. I've always not liked yellow. If anyone sends me yellow flowers, I'm sending bottles of water and toasting glasses to your house. <laughs> <laughs> now you know one of, the, <laughs> one of our friends is going to send you yellow flowers. <laughs> I know. I'm not telling any of you where I live. <laughs> Some of them do know where you live. Oh, shit. I had a birthday party. They all know where I live. <laughs> Damn. All right. <clears throat> Well, those are interesting. I didn't know some of those. I didn't either. But segueing into good things. Yes, let's talk about some good things. So I have found ways to celebrate Friday the 13th. There's 50 ways. But some of these, one is dance under the ladder. (laughs) <laughs> which okay to each their own so if you just stand under it it's bad luck but if you do a little jig jig it's good luck <laughs> right. um adopt a black cat no for the right reasons because we're people sometimes do not get black cats for the right reasons um make a good luck charm yeah i like that uh find a building with a 13th floor which I guess they mean if it actually has the number 13, because most of the floors around here, if you haven't noticed, like if they have more than 13 floors, like they skip number tw- the 13, skip the 13. But I'm like, it's a 13th floor. Like just because you skip <laughs> numbering it does not mean <laughs> that oh is not gosh. the number 13. <laughs> um, get a $13 tattoo. Um, which I want to get this year. Me too. They do flash tattoos. We're going to find a flash tattoo. We can go back to where I got my septum piercing. Yeah, because you got to go get your thing changed anyways. Yeah. But it has to be today. Shit. Because it's Friday the 13th. Um, Damn it. (laughs) Visit where Friday the 13th was filmed, which I so want to. Where was it filmed? You had to ask me that, didn't you? <laughs> Minnesota? I have no idea. There's a Crystal um, Lake, Illinois, and every time I'm there, I feel like it's the set of Friday the 13th. Um, it says make a baker's dozen of cookies. And if anyone doesn't know what a baker's dozen is, it means 13 instead of 12. Did you lose your life? <laughs> and then it says, um, I was looking for where Friday the 13th was filmed. I got oh. sidetracked. <laughs> uh, write thir- I love this one. Write 13 reasons why you love yourself. I love, love that. that All of you do that right now. Um, Pause. Pause the podcast. Do it. Come back. Yes. <laughs> um. Cast a spell for good luck for those witches that are listening. If you don't know how to cast a spell, do not cast a spell. Yeah, please don't. Do not. <laughs> don't do it. Please do not go to Books A Million or wherever you get your books and buy some new age spell books and start casting spells. Please. I was way off. It was filmed in New Jersey. That's a little bit different than Minnesota. <laughs> Just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> um, okay. 
Let's see. Um, find a neighborhood that skips the address 13. Okay. Whip out the Ouija board. I swear if you whip out a Ouija board in front of me, I'm going to, like, throw something at you and run. You don't like Ouija boards? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, true story. So, when me and I won't say her name in case she doesn't want her name associated with us. When we were in eighth grade, and I'll tell you, it was who came over earlier today. You know who came to my mm-hmm. house earlier today. Okay, so when we were in eighth grade... I brought my Ouija board over there, and something freaked us out about it, and we tried to burn it, and the bitch would not catch on fire. Because the freaking car, they're evil. <laughs> they are evil. Yeah. Like, I, mm-mm. you release some spirits with those things, you don't know what you're releasing. Yeah. You don't know who you're talking to. Okay, another funny true story. So... I don't associate with any religion now. I do, I'm not, I don't consider myself a witch. Like, I'm not against any of it, but I'm just not, it's not my thing. But when I was younger, I was really into Wicca. And my friend and I went and stayed in Bat Cave, North Carolina. I love places, Bat Cave. With her dad. And her dad was remarried to this very Christian woman. And my friend and I brought all our spell books and my Ouija board and stuff. And we were um, messing with it. And her stepbrother literally took one of my spell books. And he was in the middle of his yard at, like, midnight trying to cast a freaking love spell on me. (laughs) And his mom freaked out. And she kicked us out. And she took all of my books and everything and wouldn't give them back. And one of the dudes that was at the house thought it was, like, found this whole thing hilarious. So he took, um, it wasn't my Ouija board. I think it was just, like, a Monopoly board or whoever the same brand was. And he was just like, the power of Christ compels you. It was, like, giving it an exorcism. I was like, oh, my gosh, is this real life? But, yeah, she did legit kick us out. We had to go stay with my friend's grandma until we could go back home. And oh, my gosh. my dad found, like, you know, they called my parents. And my parents found it hilarious. They were not at all mad. They were mad at her for taking my stuff. Yeah. They were like, um, that's her property. But my dad wanted to mess with me. And he was like, when we were driving home, he was like, I have to tell you, there's a priest at the house waiting to speak to you i freaked out i was like there better not be he's like yeah there is we need to talk about this and i put my hand on the door and i went to go open the car door i'm like if there's a priest there i'm jumping out of the car and he he thought i was really gonna do he's like i'm just kidding i'm just kidding oh Oh, goodness good stuff but yeah speaking of all things spooky and Oh, I got another one. Speaking okay. of, yeah, you're okay. segueing into spooky. Yeah. Is what you're wanting to talk about. Yeah, let me hear this. This one says visit a cemetery and find someone who was born and or died on Friday the 13th. So you'd be stepping on that. graves, stepping on people's graves. I want to do that. You, I, I want to, you say you want to? Yeah. Because I want to. I think that would be cool. We should do that before our Halloween episode and talk about it. I think it would be cool. Um, but segue into spooky because some people may find it spooky. So there you go. Oh. Well, was were you done with your list? I am. Okay. Cool. We're not going through all of them. 
Okay. So speaking of spooky, we have Rachel who joined us earlier, and we're going to play that interview for you guys. And the reason I say spooky, because I feel like there's a lot of misconception around tarot and, and the purpose and why people do it. And this was just an amazing interview with such a kind soul who has been doing tarot for a long time. So we're super excited to play this interview for you. And, and Shay, do you have anything to add? I am so excited for y'all to hear my reading. Yeah. Because yes. I got a reading from Rachel and it was very resonating. Yeah. So, and she's just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So enough of us telling you how amazing she is. Let's go ahead and play that interview for you guys. So today we have a super special treat for you. Our friend Rachel is joining us all the way from Illinois. So we're so happy to have you here today, Rachel. Yes. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm like so excited. And I'm just excited to be talking to both of you again, too, because it's just always a blast. I know. I miss you so much. I I wish we could bring you back down here. Yes. Oh, so much. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about earlier today, actually, like when I like, you know, thinking about my story and how I got first into tarot and I, my first deck was like around the same time I met you, Erica. So like what, like 10 years ago. So, yeah. Um, so you've been in tarot for 10 years. Um, you know, it's probably even been more than that now. I mean, how long has it been since 2012? I think that's when. Yeah, 2012 was when I first started doing it. So, yeah, roughly 11. Is that about 11? But, I I mean, I didn't really, like, start doing it regularly, I'd say, until about 2015. Because, I mean, I I think, like, a lot of people, I was really afraid of it at the beginning. You know, it it can be really spooky. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I know that pretty well, living where we do, that some Mm -hmm. people are freaked out by that stuff. But... I always thought it was super cool that you did it. So what really got you into tarot? Like, what piqued your interest? Yeah, that's a good question because I I remember most of my childhood just being, childhood just being very afraid of it because, like, I came from, like, Irish Catholic background. So everything I got told about that and Ouija boards was just, like, it's the devil's stay away. Um, so it is interesting to try to, like, somewhere... I guess probably when I was 20, 21, um, I was going through a spiritual awakening due to a loss in like a friendship in my community. Um, and that really just made me realize like I had a lot of gifts and I went like answering, I went to answer questions and it just led me down the path to think like tarot and, you know, once you get going, there's a lot there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find tarot like, fascinating because it's so creepily accurate as long as you don't get someone who's kind of scammy or fit or like yeah I don't know <laughs> that's just out for money yeah exactly to, that's the that's, best way to put yeah. it like their intentions aren't pure they're just in it to manipulate and make that cash yeah I've been caught in that before yeah, yeah, it's got it's gotten me too. I w- I got caught on one of those. Like I just moved to Chicago and I was walking around and somebody had like a little booth above the like the 
like upstairs of a down what one second. Somebody had like a booth in a room upstairs, like downtown. So they were just like on the street, like kind of trying to lure people in and I followed them upstairs and just sat in this tiny little closet while they tried to tell me I had like a lot of curses, basically. Um and yeah, that can be really disappointing. Um that's- yeah, and it's even more sad when people spend like the two hundred dollars to buy their curse remover or something. You know, like that's just right. victimizing people yes. at that point. And I think that's what scares a lot of people away from tarot too, because they mm-hmm. think they're just going to get this tragic reading and find out all these negative things are going to happen to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it 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 can be really scary, and I think. Yeah, we've talked about this before, Erica, that like depending on what mindset you are when you're reading tarot for yourself, it can be really easy to direct yourself down a positive or a negative path. And we don't really talk about how we have a lot of power to shift that. So like feeling like the future is set in stone can be really scary because that's actually typically not true anyway. (laughs) I know. I mean, you literally had to talk me off the ledge because I gave myself such a bad tarot reading that like... I was just beside myself. So yeah, it's hard to, to read careful. for yourself. I mean, I still do it to myself sometimes too, especially if you're asking about something that you're really nervous about. It's mm-hmm. you lose. It's very easy to lose that ability to tell the difference between your anxiety and your your intuition when it's your own stuff. Yeah, sure. I've given myself some bad tarot readings and then some readings that like, oh, this is so good, and then it's like, no, yeah, no this is not yeah. good. <laughs> exactly. It's like oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have looked there that day. Yeah, yeah. Better not next time so definitely yeah so that piques a really good question for any of our listeners that may not be very experienced in tarot and what advice would you give as a reader to someone um if they were looking to hire a tarot reader like what's a red flag they should keep an eye out for to make sure they're not falling for one of those scams yeah, um, well, definitely, like I kind of mentioned earlier, anytime anyone really starts talking about curses, like it's really a rare situation when like you do have some kind of like past life or energetic tie that needs like professionally removed. Like that's not normal, and it, but it is normal in the scammers. The scammers want to convince you that because it's kind of preying at this sense of like unworthiness or brokenness within ourselves and like people do come to psychics in really vulnerable moments so there are people who know how to take advantage of that so anyone who's trying to tell you that you're not worthy of of good things or that you will not have goodness in your life if you don't do something they say or go to them that's probably the number one like red flag because that's clearly somebody who wants to like control you not like align you to your own like truth um yeah yeah, and people there are readers who will do that to people for years and it's really hard to fathom but it can be dangerous so people aren't wrong to be afraid of it necessarily um our society doesn't really teach empowerment in in spirituality you know religion our religion is very follow the leader so when we actually are somewhere that requires that kind of independent spiritual knowledge and autonomy a lot of people in the society do not know how to be there without freaking out and running back to whatever makes them feel safer so um even though it's looked at as like a negative or even silly thing to be exploring it actually can be a really brave thing to explore so people should definitely keep that in mind when they're like i don't know they're 
their boyfriends or their moms or somebody thinks that they're just like making stuff up because it's it's deeper than that yeah yeah for sure and it's kind of it's so easy like falling for these scams it's so accessible now like shay and i love checking out different tarot readers and we had a situation come up where we got a soulmate reading you remember this yes So it was the same, yeah, pretty so, much. So, oh no, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> and then, and then we also got a quote-unquote letter from our soulmate, and it was verbatim exactly, exactly the, the same. same letter. The same ones. Oh yes. my goodness! And I called wow. her out on it, and she was just like, "I'm sorry, you felt they were similar, but this is the message I received from your soulmate." I'm like, "Oh, I guess." <laughs> We must be the girl those boy bands are singing about Apparently. because they uh, have the same soulmate or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then that's uh, that's wild to like not even be like mixing up your material enough. <laughs> like you can get caught like that. Etsy, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Etsy has a lot of tarot readers, and mm-hmm. they pop up on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Like, targeted ads, obviously. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, like, once you tell it you like one thing, you see, like, thousands of them for yes. the rest of your life. I know, yeah, pretty much. I have so many ads on my Facebook for tarot reading, and I'm like, no, no more. Mm-hmm. I am not. Hide. Yeah, I am, yeah. I have my reliable tarot reader and Rachel I just don't like to take advantage of your gift but oh oh, thank you so much you've always been like so respectful I was just going through a burnout period like the last Mm -hmm. time you know we were really working together it's getting better I'm taking a break but um I'm excited to share it with friends and like have it not be when it was like my full-time job when I used to work on like a hotline that really kind of sucked the soul out of it which is it's really hard to do tarot work if you're sucking the soul out of it yeah. so um yeah. yeah so something like this is this is great and I love I love to be able to have more time to give to my friends now when I do have the energy so mm-hmm. yeah so you said that it was like sucking the soul out of you when you worked for the t- for the tarot company what else yeah what okay. else was it like what was it like? Yeah, um, besides the soul sucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I do think there are good psychic hotlines that do a pretty good. There are good psychic hotlines that do a pretty good job respecting, you know, the both the clients and the the psychics. But there are definitely some really really shady ones and I'm actually in an online group on Facebook for um, psychics who are on the hotline so everybody gets on there and like shares their stories and rates them all out so um, there are people who are already really aware of this problem and working on it Um, but the more exploitive companies I mean some people get paid like there are companies that will pay them like 50 cents for an email reading or something and I swear like or it's just the rates are so low like I never ended up on those ones so I did at least have a livable wage on mine but I feel like the management was just so sketchy and the longer I was with them the more I realized their priorities just not really didn't have anything to do with the people at all like you expect people to like you know, care about money, like, of course, but it was like, it wasn't even like money and people. It was just, we just care about the money. And it got to the point where like, I wasn't playing by their rules enough and I wasn't making enough money. So they got rid of me. Um, <clears throat> around the time, like there was some really, there's like, um, 
a really traumatic situation going on in my family. So it ended up being a really heartless company. <laughs> um, I, but I was able to, you know, support myself from home during the pandemic. That was 2020. And I do feel like I was able to like help a lot of people. And I made some really, really important connections while I worked with the people I did on there. Um, but there were more. There are so many people who were calling just to use the like freebie first 10 minute specials too. So it was a lot of charity work and it was exhausting. And I averaged anywhere from 11 an hour to like 22 an hour in a month. So that's a, that's a long answer, but it's, it's heavy because you, y'all are therapists, you know, so like that much, like eight to 10 people wanting you to like solve their trauma every day is a lot. It is. It's exhausting. And I think I actually had a psychic on the psychic line that you worked for. Um, so they yeah. got some good bit of my money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some of some of them, I mean, it's just a mixed bag because I feel like some of them are like genuine and some of them, they're teaching how to exploit you, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. and it just depends on who you get. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think mine was an exploiter. He was really nice, but he was, yeah, no. yeah Yeah, and I mean you can tell when people are just kind of digging for yes or no's before they start telling you something Mm -hmm. really generic you want to you want to feel that like resonance otherwise yeah it sucks to waste your money yeah yeah and the ones who are text-based too I can tell the difference between the ones who are responding really slow because they want you to pay for more minutes versus mm-hmm. the ones mm-hmm. who, who can answer like all of your concerns in that five to ten minute window. Because that's something mm-hmm. I have I've done that before too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that was another reason. Like, I just didn't work with the ethics of that first hotline I was on because, like, I could. You can kind of tell someone's vibe on like how much money they have or how secure they are, especially if you are a psychic. So I didn't want to keep people on the phone who couldn't afford me. Like that's just making my job harder. I want them to do well. Like, yeah. yeah. So I I hear you, and I think, I mean, there are the flip side though are the people who just expect you to be a robot and they treat you like customer service and they just chew on their snacks and like use you for entertainment and they don't. They're not nice about it. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, you you talk about me and Shay being therapists, but I'm sure you've run into situations Mm -hmm. where they're treating you like a therapist, too. And you have to find that, like, ethical line and not cross it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's I've I've heard I've heard so much traumatizing stuff at this point. (laughs) I mean, I, I. as a kid, my mom worked in EMS, so like having traumatizing interruptions kind of get broadcasted into my home was normal. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like I have some kind of coping with like mechanisms for that. Um, but during 2020, to really suddenly have to try to take care of that many people and myself, and to have the world be, you know, everything it was that year. Um, yeah, that was, I think, I mean, if people really want to be an ethical hotline, they need to be really talking about that burnout with yeah, their coaches. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking, okay, so speaking of 
the crazy variety of clients that you get, and I use the word crazy loosely because we don't like that in the therapy world, but but (laughs) I have to ask you, like, what is the most bizarre question or, like, reading you can remember giving to a client? Yeah, um, I feel like (laughs) some of the more bizarre ones are almost too personal to just be broadcasting so yes. I'm gonna they're there and like use your imagination <laughs> but I'll, I'll go on to um, a couple other ones um let's see I had somebody call me once and ask if somebody was living in their ceiling um that was stress that was stressful it's <laughs> like because in moments when people should be calling not a psychic you don't you don't want to give them certainty one way or another like i don't I, like if someone's in your attic like that's not a me situation <laughs> call or somebody else please not and you think they are that's also a yeah right a- there's no good thing there no. <laughs> i don't want to appease you and just have you call back and spend 30 more dollars for me to just keep reminding you that there's nobody in your attic you know i don't want there to be somebody in your attic and for me to be wrong and then yeah. now you're in danger like goodness <laughs> sakes like you know yeah i guess when you said boundaries that's a that's a boundary of just like not putting myself in those situations let alone not wanting to like put my client in those situations you know like some mm-hmm. i mean if you if you know it's you're not the right person for for the situation like that's a yeah. i feel like that's always a good boundary how do you um, handle but yeah, something like that, that, that was a that was a wild one um what how do you handle something like that when they call you and they're like is there someone in my ceiling like what do you how do you handle that yeah. situation yeah, I've gotten better at it as I've gone. I think I really wanted to people please um, at the beginning. So even though I'd say like I can't, pro- I would be upfront and be like I can't provide you that certainty. You know, I'd still explore it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I get a call like that, I, I, I. <sighs> I just don't think it would honestly happen on the hotline I, I work for now um, because probably their marketing strategy is different and isn't targeting people who are going to call with these really like, you know, in need of professional help probably. Um, so, you know, depending on the hotline, that probably really depends on who you're going to work with. But it is really, really common to work with these clients. So I think having the preset boundaries of like what you're willing to do and not do mm-hmm. is a good thing, but also having boundaries around like how you define your gift because people are going to try to just make you you know be a magician and just do whatever they want and they will get angry like like I said it's like customer service like if you don't fix the internet right away you're gonna piss off who's calling you to fix it you know so it's it's yeah people have bad attitudes sometimes and Nowadays, like I said, I think the longer you go in your career, you get more and more liberties to not have to tolerate that and to just say, like, it's not, you know, I've got my my hours in and I'm done. But if you have to put up with it, it's just being honest. Like, that's not how my gift works or I don't use my gift for that or I don't answer yes or no questions or um, I only come at it from this perspective. No, I will not read his mind for you or like I will, but only (laughs) this way, you know, like you have to. It's different for everybody, I think. What would you say is the worst part of it? Um, the worst part. Um, I definitely 
after a while, I think the worst part was just my voice started to really feel burdened by it because it's a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. And I did, especially when I'm doing the hotline. Um, now I could, you know, I've done email readings and stuff, but it's not, it's, there's too much messages to get out. Most of the time writing it out takes even longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it puts a lot of strain on my voice. Because sometimes I'll just like straight up be channeling and talking for a really long time. Um, So that's, yeah, I'm still healing that, I think. Like, that's part of why I take bigger breaks now. I get that. Yeah, definitely get that. So when you are getting ready for a reading, how are you mentally preparing yourself for it? Yeah, um, it, it kind of depends. I think if I'm good, when I was on the hotlines, I would wake up in the morning and I'd start having a routine because I wanted to make really strong energy shifts before I got on the hotline. So I had like a empowerment playlist I listened to in the shower. Uh, sometimes I'd use like, you know, different scents or like incense and things like for associations, I'd pull tarot cards and like kind of like pick a vibe of my day, like anything to kind of really motivate me to like step into allowing myself to show up ready. You know what I mean? So whatever helps you feel ready is a lot of it. Um, for me, it was a lot of the time I was like, you know, talking to a lot of people. And at one point I was talking to almost exclusively men and I do not have the best dating background. So it was really triggering for a while there to talk just to men. And yeah. so in that case, I was like waking up in the morning and like listening to a bunch of Kesha and like mm-hmm. doing shielding exercises <laughs> and like, you know, um, so I really, it depends because then I talk to my client I've talked to for like two years and I just, I just call her and we just go with the flow. So it depends on the circumstances and what I think I'm going to run into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As when I started my first internship, I had a lot of male clients and I was like, should I be helping them? <laughs> they haven't done me a lot of favors in my lifetime. Yeah, same, same here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally get yeah. that. Yeah. That's the other wild thing that happened to me on the hotline is once they started realizing that I could relate to men better than some of the other psychics. I'm assuming because I have brothers and like a close relationship with my dad or something. I don't know. I don't like men most of the time, honestly, but they figured out that I can talk to them. And so then they started marketing me secretly behind my back as a seductress. Wow. And nobody told me. And I started getting all these men like calling and finally one of them was like, what? No, it says in this email, you can help me get my girlfriend back. Like you're the seductress. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I took the whole day off. I called my boss. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh my gosh. I know. And then like, I have a video somewhere, I think on like Instagram or something where I like, you can see all my cancellations that week of all the names of the men just dropping off my schedule because I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking to the men who think I'm a seductress. Yeah. Oh God. So I, if I had the power to like, just take down some of the companies I've had to deal with, like, damn. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny now, but I imagine like when it was happening, like just putting myself in your shoes, I would have been so. Oh bad. yeah, like, yeah. I would, it like, was yeah. horrifying. Because actually, what I was doing is a lot of time I was having like really important conversations with those men about like emotional intelligence and like how to like be kinder to themselves and how to understand that their partner needed space and things like that. You know, I really wasn't trying to. Whenever I had a red flag on a dude, I wouldn't work with him. You know, yeah. so. Or at least a red flag I, I knew was one that I didn't, I couldn't handle. 
Yeah, like I said, I, I grew up with brothers and stuff, so like, I'm, there, there's some that I can handle. I think. Yeah. How would you determine the red flags? There, um, definitely, if I felt any sense of like greediness and like, cause that it seemed like a lot of the more toxic men were really more in alignment with seeing the women, the women as either property or interchangeable pieces in a, in a bigger plan. And I think I had a hard time explaining that to both men and women. Cause it was really hard. Like a lot of the women I talked to were like really trying to get their soulmate back. And a lot of these men who were like dating women that I was talking to were just trying to find a woman to fit the puzzle piece of wife who will have my baby, you know? And it's such a different approach and the men who seemed like they were looking for property or they were looking for like a uterus instead of a person like that was a no-go so like if I didn't feel like I could actually talk to somebody's heart or like a better part of who they were as a person like you know what what am I working with if that part doesn't want to show up yeah that makes sense yeah yeah I feel like the intention has to be pure on both sides you want the the tarot reader to have good intention but also the client needs to go in there with an open mind yes and And yeah yeah and not think that they're going to get one specific reading and it's going to be everything that they want yeah right yeah because there were a lot of reasons being like a survivor of domestic abuse and working on the hotline was difficult but one of them was just like people getting mad when I disappointed them or like when I couldn't give them this instant gratification, like that's very similar to like what I had gone through with other people in the past. And I think it grew me eventually. I think it helped me realize that there was no pleasing everybody, but yeah. How did you handle those clients? So when they got mad at you, um, eventually the longer I did it, I did learn how to talk back. I got kind of good at like really, standing my ground with certain clients and I was and some clients I was able to do that with the intention of still getting through to them like just not Mm -hmm. buying into their nonsense and you know like just doing the next step forward with them anyway um but some clients it's just a no and the hotline I worked for I could go call back the hotline and there would be a call center representative who would take the call back Mm -hmm. but the hotline was not good at respecting the boundary of people you didn't want to talk to because there was a couple of people I said, I never want to talk to that person again. And, and they would definitely send them back to me. So it depends on the hotline, I'd say. And um, there's a lot of people who have bad experiences with somebody and then that person leaves them a bad review on top of it. And yeah. mm-hmm. that can be really unfortunate. That's the thing a lot of people in the hotline psychic world are learn to work you know deal with because you can't control people who are just not going to be happy no matter what yeah yeah, that's right I've, I've seen a lot of profiles from the psychics and tarot readers that say like if you give me a bad review without trying to work it out with me first then i'm never like gonna work with you again because mm-hmm. these reviews are how other people view them now yeah so it's like if you're gonna give me a bad review only because I didn't tell you what you want to hear versus I'm just a shitty tarot reader and shouldn't have been giving you a reading. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just kind of messed up that people will do that to someone just because you don't tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have a bad, like, reading that I don't want to hear that's correct than have a reader just give me what I want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of how I, I usually operate. But 
it, I guess it makes sense that, I mean, not that I hate it when it happens to me, like, I'm not really justifying the behavior, but I guess it's something you kind of see in the world in a lot of places where people will take it out on you instead of adjusting to the truth of their reality. <laughs> you know, if the truth of the reality is he's like, he doesn't want to be with you anymore and you're yelling at me because I told you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, but, you know, we see that in everything, politics, yeah. religion, mm-hmm. all that fun yeah. stuff. Definitely, like, don't get a reading if you don't want to hear. Yeah, if you're not prepared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rachel, you've given me so many readings and, like, they've just always felt so honest and kind like you just have a way of delivering things that I probably don't want to hear in a way that like gives me hope too for the future and you've like it almost felt like a therapy session when I got done with a reading from you because I would pull out my self-care books and just like start working on myself because oh if I do what Rachel said and I work on myself I'm gonna put myself on this timeline that's gonna give me such a better life and you just find the motivation to do better after you have a good experience Mm -hmm. with a good tarot reader Oh, yeah, I love that. And thank you so much for telling me. And that's a huge part of why I'm like excited to be working on the like this newer hotline that I haven't had any issues with. They're very respectful. And then to also be getting the energy back to like read for family and friends, because like you said, it, it can be so powerful. And I feel like when you give that to the people immediately in your life or when you practice it yourself, it it ripples. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> like I, I can yes. get really excited about it when I'm like not burnt out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leaves the door open. So we have a special treat and Rachel's actually going to do a live tarot reading for Shay today. But before we go into that, we just have one more question for you, Rachel. And that is, um, you know, you're on the hotlines now. I know you're working on maybe going into it independently one day. So if someone came across you and decided to hire you as their tarot reader what can they expect from you and your style and all that fun stuff yeah uh absolutely so right now i'm mostly on tiktok <laughs> that's been my main my main place because i have been taking a break but i'm really loving that environment because it's like the algorithm helps the alignment just work out really good with um getting your videos to places so i do collective readings on there and that's like sun.flower.hope um i'm also this fall i'm doing a business course and i'm developing curriculum so i'm hoping to start with like some kind of tarot 101 or chakra healing um program that i'll be working on so if you follow me on social media i will definitely be announcing that as i go and probably um grabbing shay and erica to be my lovely beta ladies (laughs) So when I get around to testing that, yeah. Um, And yeah, if if someone wanted to work with me directly, it would have to be a unique situation at the moment, like either some kind of like consulting or like higher level coaching because I don't have a lot of time on my schedule because I'm also um, really trying to do some rapid acceleration in my accounting career as well. Um, And like I mentioned, all that course development um and eventual group coaching so i am kind of in in a lull but if you followed me on tiktok or um i do have a link to where i'm at on everclear.com um i'm hope s on there so i don't do you have show notes erica 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good question. I was actually going to say, um, you guys can find the links to find Rachel on social media in the podcast description. So if you want to check her out, I totally recommend because I've never had a bad reading from you. I've heard things I didn't want to hear. <laughs> you can also reading. ask me to be be softer, and I will. But, no, no, no. You know, you... We've been friends too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I always appreciate the way that you deliver your tarot readings to me. So with that said, let's show our viewers why you're such an awesome tarot reader. And I'm going to let Shay step in and you guys can do your thing. Yeah. Um, Already. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all, right? Hi. Hello, lovely lady. <laughs> I, I missed you, so this should be fun. Um, um, what do you want a tarot reading for? Oh, Honestly, it's like it's whatever you feel comfortable with, because you know I'm I'm patient. Good oh my gosh, yeah, you're like whatever. one of the most patient people I've ever met, probably. <laughs> I just like met you know that long whatever ago. Honestly, the... temperance popped out the minute we said that, so oh. that's funny. The card literally is like patience and balance and <laughs> and all that. So um, I'm definitely tuning in, so that's nice. I'm shuffling a bit here too with my psychic hotline deck. That's like literally what this deck is called. I got it when I first started because I was like afraid of the hotlines and I just wanted cards with words on them. So these ones are really funny. They they have all kinds of of um kind of spicy dating type oracle cards. So let's see what you get out of this one. That works for me. Ooh, we got the knight. So, uh, you know, of course, you have a player in your energy. Um, so it's saying that you have, like, somebody who's not really ready to commit hanging around you. And, um, yeah, that, that makes sense. I got those out to play for fun. But I'll, I'll start moving you into a reading. Let's see. Okay, so we got the Five of Cups coming in. Usually that card is speaking to the emotional aspects of being disappointed, but usually when I'm reading specifically, it can go even, I take it even more deeper to usually the emotional aspects of abandonment wounds or deep loneliness. Um, so I didn't want to go right there right away, Shay. Are you doing okay? I am fine. I knew that this okay. was going to happen, so we're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, oh my goodness, girly. And that's being crossed by the Ten of Wands. Um, this deck that I'm using, the Shadowscapes deck, I'm using that alongside the, the Psychic Hotline deck. Um, the Shadowscapes deck actually depicts this as a woman with, like, she's carrying a whole world on her shoulders. Um, so you're definitely in a heavy place carrying a lot of responsibility and burden for others literally carrying the world on your shoulders and that is going to be your main obstacle in this current lesson and phase of your life is how do i address these burdens that i'm carrying on my shoulders um and how is that weight on my shoulders in relation to my sense of like my longing for connection my sense of loneliness my you know, um, emotional aspects of abandonment in the past, anything really heavy, because uh, it's a Cubs card, it's going to be coming from the emotional layer. But it is saying that you're having the world card come up here, so that's indicating completion. And that's being immediately followed with the Ace of Pentacles, which is pretty incredible because that's a new beginnings card. So anytime in a reading where I see like a very clear endings card paired up with a positive new beginning card, um, 
it's really a graduation. So on the other side of addressing this burden and this emotional discomfort, there will be a completion. Um, does it sometimes feel like it, there won't be? Yes. Yeah, is that, and it's like coming from the magnitude of, of what's on your shoulders. Yes, there's a lot. Yeah. So these cards yeah. are speaking to me. Speaking to my soul, <laughs> Rachel. Yeah, I'm feeling it like moving through my heart chakra. I do a lot of heart or, or a lot of chakra work too. So like you are a lovely lady and you are holding up so much. So I'm going to keep looking into this, what it wants to say for you underneath it all here. Why is it like this? Okay. Okay. There is a core like root here of this experience coming out of a need to experience your own perseverance which sounds pretty, but it also sounds like it's a really big bummer. Like nobody wants to be like, at least not in the human sense. I think souls sometimes want to go through difficult stuff because they get all nerdy for the lessons. But when we're humans, nobody wants to like go practice perseverance. That's that's not fun. So, um, but it's important. Let me see what the perseverance, like how that's connected here to like because it's okay two of pentacles so it is saying this is like a foundational time for you really learning how to keep that persistence going and juggling multiple responsibilities and keeping the balance um so you're doing that even in the presence of this emotional heaviness and you're doing it with a thousand things on your shoulders and it is indicating that even though the suffering isn't on purpose, like the difficulties around you. I don't necessarily believe that, you know, people are targeted for suffering just because there's purpose, you know, like I wouldn't give, I wouldn't say it like that. I, but I would say that God is, or the universe, or however you perceive that, is using this unfortunate situation to develop something really strong within you that eventually is going to guide you to that new beginning. So. Mm-hmm. Let me get a little bit more. Yeah, because then the highest aspect of this is the strength card. So it's 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 more of that just like smoothing you out, rounding you out. Um, let me get a little bit more of this, though. Like, where is it going next? Okay, you also have some diligence coming up because I'm getting the eight of pentacles. So you really are going to be working more closely with what your intuition is saying. And you're going to find out that intuition is giving you more hope. Um, and it's going to keep asking you to focus on every little bit of light that comes to you as you set that intention, as you practice it more. Mm-hmm. And you will be bringing light to these dark spaces, but it is going to, it's going to take, this is how it's coming through. It's going to take that perseverance that you've been developing this whole time to eventually in the right moments, be able to dive into the depths of these core issues around you and make powerful changes for the better. Like, right in the moment and like the place and with the right people you know like very specific so it's not that you're just being worn into this character that needs to like just be so so resilient for like no you know it's not for no reason it's a very specific molding to get you to a very specific place to help you solve your own the things that are on your back they're not going to carry on forever because you're going to find a way to weave your way out of it by following your intuition um but it is acknowledging that there really is some, i mean it looks like some kind of like complex trauma type community energy around you and it will take a lot of well it's not even take a lot of strength you have the strength you've been developing the strength but you yeah. are going to find a lot of moments where 
you're going to be asked to hold that presence just to let the light in for other people. And it will ripple. Like I said earlier, it just, once you really get it going, it, it does ripple. <laughs> so I, that's a lot of hope, honestly, Shay, because I, I know we've talked about some stuff together mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I, I'm very careful with how I dish out hope, even though it's usually in my title, like Sunflower Hope, because um, I don't want to hurt people with hope either. Um, yeah. But I do feel like I got to trust the cards when it's really saying like, no, this person's message is to have hope and okay. it wants you to have hope. Okay. Thank you. You're I'm welcome. You, cards spoke to my soul like you. <laughs> I'm also not surprised if it's like a little generic because I'm on a podcast and it like very common for people to resonate with collective messages mm-hmm. and things like this. I just sit on TikTok all day and listen to people talking to me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, do you have any questions while we're still in it, Shay? Because I, I, I'm a little unfamiliar with the podcast um, format, so I don't want to just um, steamroll no. through it. No, no questions okay. currently. Are you still feeling okay about it? Anything else you need to like help us round it out? I don't want to just leave you hanging in anything uncomfortable. No, I mean, like I said, the cards were like, yeah, I kind of expected that kind of reading to come with everything that's been going on lately. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the world card right there, right by the the Ace of Pentacles. I mean, the world is major completion cycle ending. So keep walking yourself down that path and you're gonna you're gonna be surprising yourself plus i'm gonna keep bugging you so i'll keep yes. telling you which way to go if you need me <laughs> so. yes i can always count on you and erica yes. oh yeah i know everyone everyone you know is is like in therapy or tarot or something mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're good yes yeah we we have good support systems here yes we do so. and that's what we need that's what everyone needs so. <sighs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then t- yeah, I, I put a lot of intention about community building. I think in my work, just because mm-hmm. I feel like that's our natural state you know? <laughs> as people and a species. People, I don't know. You know, I'm talking to therapists. The science says people do better together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's why I got into the MFT side of it because I would joke with Shay that I shouldn't be giving anyone relationship advice. <laughs> but what I love about MFT is just the focus on how much a support system makes Mm -hmm. a difference in your treatment. And the same goes for just your everyday life, having those good Mm -hmm. girlfriends, guy friends, and family that you can just count on makes a huge difference. But sometimes, even though we shouldn't think we should be given relationship advice because of our, like, our history... (laughs) We sometimes give the best advice. We just don't follow it. Yes, that's true. That's true, too, right? It's like, we've seen a lot of stuff we know we shouldn't do. So that counts for something. Yeah, like, I give advice all day that I know that I should follow, and people follow it and do good, and I'm like, why am I not following my own advice? (laughs) Yeah, I literally meditated earlier today because I told a client, too, the other day. I was like, oh, I have to do this because I told someone else to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't always follow through, but, like, I did that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's so easier being an outsider looking at someone's problem and saying, hey, do this, than it is to, like, be in it. Like, I told a... I told a client to work in her shadow book journal 
her shadow Ooh. like self journal, and I have one, and I've not even worked in it. Like there's, it's just by my bedside, and I've had it for months. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about yeah getting an official shadow book too. That that would be fun. It always feels like the first step of becoming an official witch. Like not that <laughs> that's true or not. Yeah, I think everyone is a witch if they want to be. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's. Yeah. Are you, or did you like dedicate the front? Like how, well, how, how are you hoping to use it? Well, so the one I, the one I have, I got off of Amazon and it's got questions in it that you answer. So it's basically like you're going into like your shadow self and digging deep. Okay. That's awesome. I had, I had a client a while back ask me if I had any advice on tools for shadow work and I really didn't have a good answer so I should I'll send it that one up. I'll send it yeah up. yeah I just kind of do shadow work by like digging into my own business too mm-hmm. much like yeah, <laughs> if anything I need to calm down on the shadow work. <laughs> but yeah but I, I love journals it's, I have way too many it's baby I would love steps. more <laughs> I think this one is like a baby step journal like it's not Perfect. it's leading me into deeper work that I need to do. I'm just laughing in my head. I'm sorry. Uh the idea of witches shopping on Amazon. Like, <laughs> right? I know, I know. I had that that thought too. And I'm like, we're just gonna let that go. Could you yeah. imagine if the craft was filmed in twenty twenty three and instead of like going to that creepy Wiccan like store, they're just like shopping on Amazon. <laughs> they do an Amazon chat and the and the person's like giving them advice like these candles will change your life <laughs> instead of like the the witch woman who helped them out of the store i don't know if people are listening and they've never seen the craft they have no idea what i'm talking about but dude i uh, haven't seen the craft oh we talked about that what yeah. oh you already knew oh, that okay yes, i think it's I shocking forgot. i already told I totally you okay. forgot. we talked about that <laughs> when you were here you've never seen the craft i know right i haven't I oh my gosh you have but got I, to watch yeah. it I've seen Practical Magic like a million times. So, I mean, the same. not the same, that. not the same. Yeah. You have got to watch it. <laughs> it's scary, though. You think it's scary? Yeah, parts of it. And, uh, not like. Is it what? a couple seasons or. No, like, it's a is, movie. Or is it a movie? It's a movie. It's a movie. Oh, cool. So, if I fly back out to North Carolina and we have a girls' weekend in Asheville, so watching we can, we can watch it. Well. Yeah, that would yeah. be great. That sounds good. <laughs> I gotta get a flight watcher figured out or something because, like, I seriously, I want to go back so bad. You guys are the best. We want you back here. <laughs> See, I told you you'd love it. I told you you'd love it when I asked you to come out. Yes. Yeah, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I love that we got piercings. <laughs> I know. That was, that was a good time. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us today, being our first guest ever. We're so excited that you were here. Yes, yay. And hopefully next time you come back, it'll be in person. Maybe we can be live from Asheville or live from Charlotte or something. Somewhere. Somewhere fun. Oh, that would be exciting. I definitely want to be in on the next hotel podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Yes, it has. Thank you so much for the reading. You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for being so open, Shay. Like you're you're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Ha- yeah. Have have a great day, guys. Yeah, I'll See you take, next time. You take, bye. Bye. <laughs>